Thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, we're honored to have a, a, a familiar face and, and um, a familiar speaker to the City Club uh, joining us today, and he's going to join me up here uh, in just a, a minute. Um, Kirk Dillard is the definition of a public servant, um, and you think about all the years that he has dedicated his life uh, and his, his, his wife is here. Uh, she can attest to that, right? Uh, 20 years, I think, in, in, the, in the Senate. Um, I heard Jackie always calls him, still calls him Senator. Um, chairman, Senator, I know you're on your second five-year term, I believe, of the RTA uh, chairmanship, uh, which I think we all in, in Illinois are, are so fortunate to have someone so dedicated and so honest and, and um, brilliant uh, and, and able to work uh, all sides of, of an aisle, if you want to talk about that, but um, really bring people together for the betterment of our uh, city and state. So someone I've long admired and, and uh, look forward to welcoming to the podium uh, the chairman of the RTA, Chairman Senator Kirk Dillard. There too, if you need it. Coffee like Judy Bartopinka, but it's not in the cup for my lipstick uh, with a straw. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, and uh, it is uh, it is great to be back here. Um, I'm, I'm going to start this like uh, Tony Preckwinkle would want me to start it. Good afternoon. Perfect. Thank you. Um, thank you, Jackie. Happy birthday, Jackie, and I go way back to Springfield, Illinois, where she was a native uh, long before uh, she came to the City Club. Uh, and Western Illinois University, Ab absolutely. So uh, it is great always to, uh, to be with you. Um, I want to thank the City Club for allowing me to come and speak today and have a discussion about how we together can achieve a safe, reliable, accessible public transportation system that connects people to opportunity, advances equity, and combats climate change. I'm thrilled to uh, see a full room, even with this bad weather. I thank you all for showing up. I know that all of you are passionate about the city and this region uh, in its vitality. And I just want to take a couple of moments to acknowledge some very special people that are here in the transit realm of things. Uh, Metro Board Chair Romaine Brown is here. Romaine, it's great to see you. Great to have you. Jim Derwinski was recognized earlier. Pace Board Chairman, uh, I know him as the former mayor of Lamont, and he and I go back a long time. Uh, Chairman Rick Kwasniewski. Rick, thank you for being here. And then my board. Um, one of the surprises, uh, and it shouldn't have been a surprise, but one of the pleasant surprises when I became the chairman of the RTA was what a distinguished and excellent board of directors uh, we have with a cross-section. We have college presidents. We have somebody from a major oil company, and the list goes on and on. We have the former city budget director. But I want to acknowledge the RTA board members that are here. Uh, former Cook County Commissioner, who has spoken here many times, um, Liz Gorman is here. Um, 
Bill Colson, who is our fiscal watchdog uh, supreme uh, at the uh, at the RTA. Uh, Phil Fuentes, a great Chicago civic and business leader, um, that college president, J.D. Ross from down in the Joliet area, an investment banker and uh, financier supreme, Chris Melvin. Um, so I am blessed to have a great board. I want to thank the elected officials that are here today, and I want to thank the RTA staff who make me look good day in and day out, uh, including uh, our executive director, Leanne Redden, uh, who is a national and literal world leader in the mass transit field. Thank you for all being here today and for your dedication. And I want to acknowledge my wife, Stephanie. Dan did it a second ago. Um, she's here today by my side, uh, as she has been on trains and buses and many, many, many of speech, honey. So thank you for being at my side for the last 23 years or so. For almost 50 years, the Regional Transportation Authority, affectionately known as the RTA or unaffectionately to others uh, as something else, uh, has overseen finances, secured funding, and conducted transit planning for what we call the service boards. That's the CTA, the Chicago Transit Authority, Metra, and Pace Suburban Bus. Let me tell you, we do not operate transit, but we are responsible for securing private and public investments made for the system and ensuring they are put to good use for the entire region. I sometimes refer to the RTA as Solomon, um, and we are the region's referees when it comes to public transit funding. I'm a lifelong transit user. I was born and raised in the shadow of Wrigley Field, and with my grandparents, uh, I rode the CTA to everything as a kid. Um, I have good memories and bad memories of the CTA. Bad going to the dentist or to pediatrician to get shots, but good memories like going to the Lincoln Park Zoo where I love. They used to have a little train that ran around. Go figure, the RTA chairman would love trains, but good memories as well. Um, and I even have the distinction, and I'm not that old, but I was in kindergarten. I rode the last streetcar that the CTA ran, those old green hornet things, and I've been a rider ever since. Uh, I, uh, as a student at DePaul University's College of Law, rode Metra to law school every day. And I've continued for the last three decades to ride Metra, the BNSF line, uh, as a uh, partner at a large, gigantic downtown law firm. Um, I know the resiliency of our system firsthand. Jim Derwinski always points out that I literally ride generally in a car that was delivered when Dwight Eisenhower was the President of the United States. That's how well Metra has maintained what they've given. Um, I know the resiliency every day of our system. We don't expect that kind of longevity out of regular transportation. I don't think anybody um, took a 60-year-old uh, automobile to get here today. And over the decades, we at the RTA and our service boards have learned to make use, very good use, of some older equipment uh, and live within our means every day. Um, I'm someone who believes passionately about transit and the ability of people to come together to solve hard, hard problems. And that's why I'm here to talk about some of those hard problems today. Um, before uh, we've gone on, um, you probably noticed this very, very heavy, um, big book. Um, that's in front of you, called Transit is the Answer. That is our new strategic plan at the RTA, which we adopted at our board of directors meeting last week. 
It represents the collective wisdom of writers, of planners, of financial experts, transit and climate advocates, and many, many more. In the last 18 months, we took a literal ground-up approach to getting input in these very strange times in which we live um, to figure out what we were going to do in unprecedented times for our agency. I've been around state government, as Dan said, for a long time. I have never seen a product that has this many thousands of hours of meetings and time and thought put into it. The result was a list of 14 actions and advocacy initiatives that we believe are critical to achieving the kind of transit system I think everybody in this room knows we are possible of attaining. Grab a copy when you leave today. Take it with you. Transit is the answer. Um, it's our five-year strategic plan um, that we believe is a strong advocate in transit system answer to the greatest challenges this region's probably ever faced with respect to mass transit. Transit is the answer uh, to our prosperity as a region. Uh, the six-county RTA region makes up one-tenth one-tenth of our state in geography, but 74% of all the economic activity in the state of Illinois. And Greg is here, the chairman uh, from ADM of the Illinois Manufacturers Association. 74% of all the state's economic activity comes from the six-county RTA region. The Metropolitan Plan Commission recently, pre-pandemic, said that 85% of all new jobs were created within a half a mile of mass transit, and a similar number of all new commercial construction was within a half a mile of mass transit, and 90% of all new multifamily housing starts were within five minutes walking of a PACE, Metra, or CTA station. Our most recent analysis shows that our transit system delivered an estimated $17.2 billion in regional benefits just last year. I heard those wonderful bells. <laughs> and I'm not even at the opera for intermission. Um, but $17 billion is what the transit system was worth to our region in 2022 alone. This means that for every dollar we invest in mass transit, almost $4 of economic activity, a 4 to 1 return on investment, um, is from the transit system that we have been given by our parents and grandparents. Prior to COVID, 70% of everybody that worked in the central business district took mass transit to work. If you want to revitalize the city and answer questions of, wow, on Mondays and Fridays, nobody's around, you better help us revitalize mass transit. Transit is the answer to improving equity and access and opportunity for our residents. Um, you were probably glad I'm not a mayoral candidate up here today speaking to the city club. Um, but they have made some significant, significant suggestions and data analysis that show that transit provides access to jobs. It provides access to health care, food, schools, and everything in between. And historically, transit has not served everyone equitably across our region. If you are black 
or you are Latinx, your travel times are much longer than white folks like me to get to work if you take mass transit. It's a moral imperative that we use this point in time to provide more equitable transit access and doing so will economically, as I've said, a four to one return on investment be a smart decision for our region. As we continue from the pandemic, we can't afford to leave anybody alone standing at a bus stop or a train platform. Transit is undoubtedly the answer to strengthening our region's ability to combat climate change. Transportation accounts for 32% of our region's total greenhouse gas emissions, and the arrow is pointed folks in the wrong directions. We're driving more, and emissions are up. Emissions are up. Right now, the number of miles being driven in our region is growing at double, twice the rate, twice the rate of our population. We're going in the wrong direction. CTA, Metra, and PACE combined and account for less than 2% of the total emissions, while passenger vehicles account for 60%. So we move a million to 2 million people a day and account for 2% of the greenhouse gases, while cars are at 60%. Something's got to change if we want to improve our climate. When COVID hit, transit was impacted dramatically. There's hardly any sector that wasn't hit worse than we were. Um, before COVID, 4% of our workforce worked, our residents worked from home. That number rose to 40% during lockdowns, and at September it was 16%. So there are four times more people working from home today than there were before the pandemic. This obviously impacted the bottom line of every large legacy system in America like ours. Don't take my word for it. The Wall Street Journal just a week or two ago on the front page had a story, public transit goes off the rails. So our problems here are not unique to Chicago. They are everywhere. And we are in constant communication with all our big legacy system partners across the United States. Because of the drop in ridership, um, we will face a well-publicized, and it's been out there in the last month or so, we will have an operating funding gap of $730 million in a couple of years. Now, we're giving you lots of notice, and I'm giving elected officials lots of notice, but we're going to have a gap of $730 million in two years. These challenges, along with increased crime, labor shortages, and problems with reliability and customer satisfaction are felt not just by the CTA, Metro, and Pace, but by all our counterparts nationally. I will say that uh, sometimes grass is not greener on the other side. The American Public Transportation Association, when they looked at how every mass transit system did with respect to performing during COVID, said Chicago, Chicago, primarily the CTA, Chicago handled the pandemic the best of any system in America. And that, folks, is the fact. This is not an excuse. Um, we are in the reality of a post-pandemic world, but we're not quite post-COVID yet. And transit has learned tremendous lessons during COVID, um, and it has changed us. 
Uh, in the darkest days before the lockdown, before widespread vaccinations, and um, I am so pleased we got a vaccination, I think, faster than any of us may have thought we would. Um, transit, we learned through data, served as the lifeline, the lifeline, who moved people to their jobs at grocery stores, at hospitals, very importantly. The pink line runs between Rush. It covers down by Mount Sinai. Um, transit was critical to our healthcare workers and to our warehouses, getting people to our warehouses. Essential riders, essential workers, essential operators, drivers and conductors, they're all heroes to me. We all owe them a, a debt of gratitude. Now, I also want to say wisely, both President Biden and President Trump and our congressional delegation recognize the importance of mass transit during COVID. They provided us with $3.5 billion in COVID relief dollars to our area here alone. Our experiences during the pandemic and how to use these dollars widely heralded a new and continued cooperation between CTA, Metra, and PACE. And I thank them and our other transit agencies statewide um, and locally. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about how we have uh, been responding. We are adapting to the changing needs of riders. In the last two years, we have made hundreds of changes, hundreds of changes in ridership uh, uh, activity to improve the ridership experience, and we've carefully invested in this critical system. I said we have two years to fill that $730 million gap. Many big cities are already running low on those monies. We've had excellent stewardship of our federal money. And in here, there are, you can read them, take it home. There are hundreds of things that CTA, Metra, and PACE have been doing, doing during the pandemic. Our agencies are working together to make our system more seamless and more affordable. CTA and PACE have issued uh, integrated and unlimited passes for 1 to 30 days that can be used on either system. They've eliminated transfer fees between the two services. Additionally, Metro has offered a $100 monthly pass, and for just $30 more, anyone who takes Metro like me can ride PACE and, and the uh, CTA unlimitedly. So for $130, if you take Metro, you can go anywhere in the six county regions for 130 bucks a month. Everyone who drives a car to work spends more than $12,000 on average to operate that car. You can instantly save eleven dollars or $12,000 if you dump the pump and take mass transit to work. Just this week, the CTA and PACE began offering one in three-day unlimited passes that can be used seamlessly against both systems. I share the desire for fair integration among the three systems as much as anybody. We're almost there. We're working with Cook County to study regional opportunities to better integrate fares and get this done. And I want to take this moment to thank Cook County President Tony Preckwinkle and her staff for working with us on this important issue. Metro's working towards a, a transition from traditional commuter rail to regional rail by providing more consistent service throughout the day, um, outside of rush hour, and increased weekend service. If you live in Palos Heights and you take the Southwest service line, your options recently went from 12 trains um, weekdays to 30, from 12 to 30. We in public transit have a long understood 
that nine to five commuters are just part of the group that we service. And we need to, after COVID, have more flexibility, especially during the daytime. And it's not that easy. Jim Derwinski and I spent a long time on the phone over the weekend and talked about how there are compacts, there are rules, there are contracts. We don't own Metra's tracks, except in a couple of instances, we operate as the guest of private railroads. And it's not just that simple to change the schedules and to run more trains from nine through five during the day but we're working on it. CTA, Metro, and Pace are hard at work to attract a labor force. They need to improve reliability and implement technology to improve the information of riders and ensure the safety of riders and staff. Both Metro and CTA have made significant, over the last few months, improvements in the real-time vehicle tracking so customers can depend. And I'm one of those people that picks up my phone and looks at Bus Tracker and looks at those apps all the time. I'm as impatient as anybody else, but they've made great strides. All three agencies, like transit agencies across the country, are facing massive labor shortages. Dorval Carter on that issue over the weekend said he still needs 500 bus drivers at the CTA. So every operator, every driver, every station attendant and conductor, and certainly all of you, um, as every riders, deserve a safe and clean system, uh, and we will have success in the long term on those issues. Many of you were here to see CTA President Dorval Carter unveil the CTA's Meeting the Moment Action Plan. He outlined the many steps the CTA is making to improve safety through significant, significant investments in technology, partnerships with police and social organization, and as well-publicized private security investments, including canine dogs. Meeting the Moment also focused on improving reliability, getting more accurate information to riders, and attracting labor. I can't tell you, if you follow me on social media, how many times I take Pace and Metra in the CTA's job fairs and shoot them out to the public. You can view the interactive scorecards on the CTA website to see Dorval and his uh, meeting the moment agenda. And I applaud their plan, and I certainly applaud their commitment to transparency. And on a good note, Dorval said at that ad issue program on Sunday that crime over the last uh, month or so is down 22% um, on the CTA. To meet the changing needs of our system, the second largest in the country, we've developed a comprehensive long-term strategy to achieve the vision that I shared earlier. And let me repeat it, a safe, reliable, accessible public transportation system that connects people to opportunity, advances equity, and combats climate change. To achieve this and to make the changes that are necessary uh, and fundamental to who are how we're going to have to make some changes in how our system is funded. Um, and we have listened to thousands of people and worked with hundreds to develop our plan of action and advocacy. Advocacy items uh, include longer term substantive changes on how our regional transportation system works and are things that will support stakeholders in the future as we uh, improve our system. Nothing on the list that we have um, will be possible um, unless we secure increased funding for transit operations. Doing so will require a funding structure that's less dependent on fares. Let me be clear, I'm making a call over time 
Um, we have a $730 million gap coming, a cliff, in a couple of years. We will require more public funding. For decades, regions like Philadelphia, Seattle, and even Los Angeles have subsidized transit at a much, much higher rate than we do here. And it's time for the Chicago area to catch up. California has a public transportation fund out of Sacramento. London spends nine times more per capita, nine times more per capita than we do in Chicago, and they don't even run 24 hours a day like the CTA. And New York spends three to four times per capita, per capita, what we do. Increasing fares or cutting services will not solve the problem. In fact, all our research shows that when you cut service and increase fares, you're only going to reduce or you're only going to make the hole bigger as there will be fewer riders, fewer people will ride. It makes the problem worse. We've proven that we use our dollars wisely, as I joked earlier. Um, but data comparing national pure transportation systems shows that we in the RTA region, um, we in 14 of 19 indicators do better than, in our, than our peers in using money efficiently. Throughout most of my time as the RTA chairman, we've had the lowest operating cost per mile of any mass transit system our size in America. And we also had, even with Chicago weather like today, and union labor and some older equipment, we have had the fewest mechanical breakdowns per mile, and that's a testament to our mechanics. But finding solutions for funding isn't going to be easy. I'm a former legislator and a top aide to two governors. I know how hard this is going to be. But we need to build a coalition of stakeholders around the value that transit brings to the region, that multi-billion dollar impact every year, a four-to-one return on investment. We don't be... We don't, or I don't, expect us to be entrusted with new public funds without making some significant improvements from the system of today. And you have my commitment that I will not go to our elected officials and ask for additional funding without clearly demonstrating not just what we have already done to improve the system, but what more we can do to make it even better. Our agencies are determined to use this moment to lay the groundwork over the next year or so for a system we know is possible, a system which is clean and safe, zero emission trains and buses that run on time and they run frequently, connecting communities and spurring equitable development and opportunity. I want to give you just one example of how much work this will be. Our region has the fewest number of bus rapid transit lines or lanes, bus rapid transit lanes, they're called BRTs, than any major system in the United States. Most big cities have 10 times more dedicated bus lines than we do in Chicago. If you look at Melinda Metzger and their pace and Rick Kwasniewski's success with bus on shoulder on the Stevenson and I-90, you know that speed is paramount to transit riders. The faster you move them, the more likely they are to ride. But we need to have more, and it's going to require CDOT and IDOT and others to cooperate with us to have more bus rapid transit lines. And we have a couple of pilot programs using federal money going now. We're going to need all kinds of voices and levels of government at the table to make any of this happen. So in conclusion, 
Um, that is why our action list is equally important. Um, achieving these goals may not be easy, um, but it will help us address the changing and unmet needs that are out there. There are many things the RTA and our service board colleagues can take to lead and to implement, but it's going to take the support of everybody in this room and the hundreds of stakeholders that are out there, including our friends in the business and labor communities. The RTA is committed to multiple actions in 2023 to make the transit system safer and secure for everyone. My daughters ride the CTA and Metro. So I have a complete zeroed focus on that topic. This will include a safety and security summit that will focus on holistic solutions to a serious challenge. And Dorville Carter and Metra and Pace have already been addressing this, but this will be a major holistic look at safety and security. We must use new funding opportunities in the Federal Infrastructure and Jobs Act to create a fully accessible transportation system. We are committed to developing a regional inventory of projects needed to achieve a fully accessible system, and I want to thank Senator Tammy Duckworth for her work in this, this particular area um, particularly. And we must provide better and more accurate real-time information for riders, one of my pet peeves. To pinpoint specific areas for improvement and investment, the RTA will commission an independent review of the accessibility and quality of rider communication across the system. There's much more in the plan, and I encourage you to read it, um, to visit it, visit the RTA website, pick it up, put it down, but keep reading it. If you want to help us make progress uh, on these priorities, we formed a coalition of organizations, agencies, and interested people who want to work together to see that our vision is realized. So if you care about transit like I think you do because you're in this room today, I'm asking you to go to the rtachicago.org website and join our Transit is the Answer Coalition. You'll be invited to quarterly meetings, we'll solicit your input, and you'll be able to contribute your ideas and feedback, and you'll also hold us accountable to see where we are in our progress. There's no one agency, no one unit of government, or one elected leader that can do this alone. We have to have everybody at the table to make this work. I want to thank you for your time and attention. And uh, just remember, wherever mass transit goes, the economies and communities grow. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Got a video? Oh, we've got a video. Excellent. All right. Transit is the answer to many of the most pressing challenges our city, our region, our state, our country is facing. Transit is what makes large cities like Chicago possible. If you look at uh, cities across the world, the most successful ones, what we call global cities, what they all have in common is great transit system. People sometimes forget that public transit is for the public. When you think about it, it gives access to goods and services, fresh food, job opportunities, education. Everyone should have access to transportation. Transit means a lot to me. It makes like most of my life possible. To be able to have a way to accessibly get around has made it possible for me to have a career 
family, you know, the life I have. So my life would be a lot different and, and I think a lot less of what I would want in my life if, if it weren't for transit. If we lose transit, we are losing our competitiveness as a global region. We're losing equity. We're making our region more segregated and more disconnected from opportunity. And we are growing into the wrong direction if we lose transit. We're growing to a direction of the haves and the have-nots, and the vast majority of us will be disconnected. If we do not, as a as a region, as a state, come together around a funding solution uh, to help us with the, to, to fill the shortfall in the transit agency budgets, I think what we're probably looking at is some pretty serious service cuts, pretty serious fare increases. And I think that we don't want to be in that place because uh, you can be in a spiral where decreases in ridership then lead to higher fares and higher fares lead to decreases in ridership. But in the end, we need additional resources to be put into the transit system so that we can run a level of service that actually makes the transit system really useful to more customers. We're in a period of multiple intersecting crises and we need to be innovative and we need to be bold to solve those crises. And that includes being really creative about solving our transit problems. process was, was really important. It was a chance for many voices to be at the table. And I think that that process led to a, hopefully a better informed plan than has been proposed in the past. We heard from all kinds of communities across the region, folks from different racial and economic backgrounds. We need transit to work for everyone. I think we need to be able to change and do things differently and accept that the way that we've been transporting people for 50 years in some ways it will continue to be the same, but in other ways may change very very radically. And I think we need to be open to that. The public benefit, I think, is clear and recognized by people whether or not they use the system. And we, we need the funding structure to catch up with that um, and recognize the, the public benefit the system provides um, and start funding it appropriately. I'm pretty optimistic. I think um, the current challenges provide fertile soil for improvements if enough people um, make enough noise. I don't want it to become a situation where it's just so bad and we give up. I think this is this can really be a turning point. I love the Belmont Rail Station where I have the red line, the brown line, and the purple line. I would take the Metro Electric line. I'm a green line train rider. I take uh, the 60 bus, take the 18 bus, and I take the pink line. And I take Metro, Union Pacific North line from Ravinia to downtown. Then ride the Metro BNSF train, and I'm a transit super fan. Transit is the answer for keeping our region accessible, affordable, and sustainable. Transit is the key. El transporte público es la respuesta. There is no future for Chicago without a strong transit system. That's the bottom line. Transit is the answer for everyone to be able to live an independent and fulfilling life. Transit is the answer. Just make it affordable for everybody, make it more accessible, and make it safe. 
I know it can be better and I'm looking forward to the day that it is better. Great summary of what of what you all are up to. Um, thanks again for your comments. And if anyone does, we don't have much time, but if anyone does have any other questions, please get them up sooner than later. Um, we do have a few that you have partially addressed. So I'm, I'll, uh, I'll combine a couple. Ashvin Ladd um, and Elizabeth Grisanzio uh, from Wendalco um, asking about safety. Uh, Elizabeth asked uh, how will how will CTA leverage technology to improve safety? And, and Ashvin asked how, what role, you know, the RTA can, can play in making the CTA more safe. Clearly an issue um, on everybody's mind. Thank you. The CTA has over 30,000 cameras, uh, and those cameras are now integrated with the Chicago Police Department itself. So that's a great start. Uh, and, uh, you know, the CTA has done many things. You should go to the, to Dorval's, uh, meeting of the moment and see there. And obviously at the RTA, we're working with them all the time, but we're going to have a, a, a holistic safety summit now, uh, that, uh, we are sort of post COVID post pandemic, I guess. We're not out of COVID yet. Um, but we wanted to see how it stabilized. Uh, and, but it's not that the CTA, Metro and Pace haven't been working on safety. They do it every day. But technology, um, those cameras are paramount. Uh, Dan Hughes, uh, who's not a member, Dan, we got to change that. Um, <laughs> Maybe I should. All right. I'll ask it. Uh, with the expected long-term decline in motor fuel tax revenue due to EV electric vehicle adoption, what opportunities are being explored to replace those revenue sources? So as you'll see, there's a whole menu item, a, a menu of items we're going to be discussing. Yes, I mean, as more electric vehicles hit the road, there's a decline in motor fuel taxes. Um, the legislature will have to have those discussions. Um, but... Um, you know, my, my main point today, if I can leave you with just one thing, is it's our transit systems funding system is not sustainable. It is too dependent on fares. We have a requirement that 50% of our operating budget in northeastern Illinois has to come from fares. No one else in the United States has that type of requirement. Generally, they're 20%. Texas and Austin, they're at 9%. Um, we have an unsustainable formula. We cannot, and it must be changed, that requirement, that it requires 50% of fare box operations is what funds the system. That's got to change. Um, we have to educate folks that uh, we have uh, much too much dependency on fares and we got to educate them on the four to one return on the value of the dollars of mass transit and we can do this working together and by the great stewardship of all three of these service boards um, we still have two years of federal money left before we hit the cliff uh, and we I'm a believer in a state like this, and it begins at places like the City Club, can have an adult discussion about funding formulas that move our region economically as well as equitably forward. Thank you. Funding. Transit is the answer. Funding is the answer to that, I think. Um, I want to take a second to just recognize we have a number of students here from the University of Chicago 
um, Harris School of Public Policy. So uh, through our, here we are. <laughs> Sorry, I was pointing we to the wrong table. Minds. Yes, we need your brilliant minds, and, and we're excited to have you here at City Club uh, at, through our partnership with the University of Chicago and uh, the Harris School. Um, this is this is the future, right? And these are the, the future leaders and the, the future Kirk Dillards. And um, so thank you for being here for adding to the discussion. And um, and we look forward to having you back and, and asking all the right questions. Um, and I, I also do want to thank, there, there are some companies here that make this all possible, right? That where we're able to bring in students and do some interesting things at City Club. So um, we, you know, we've had Cermak, we've got Globetrotters. This is what allows the city club um, to to keep doing uh, what we're doing. Fifth Third Bank Globetrotters has been a, a, a huge partner of the city club for, they've been in the city for how many, 50 years. And, uh, you know, understand why bringing all these people in this room together uh, can help elevate the discussion. And, um, and, and I just wanted to recognize the, the Harris School and welcome you back uh, and, and hopefully again soon. Um, and, and the brilliant question uh, from... Uh, from Ruth Ostriker was really a lot of what you've discussed. Um, it, it, it all has to do with funding, but specifically, how about when, when COVID aid runs out? Um, how do we fill that void in addition to all the structural funding issues that you've spoken about? You know, we fill it. That's what kind of pro we're all talking about. And please, for the students, take this back and, you know, use it. Use it in your classes. You're free to plagiarize it. Although there's footnotes, so you can really cite to your professors real honest to God scholarly works, although this is a scholarly work. Um, when that whole happens, that is why we're here. We're going to have to have a discussion. We obviously cannot we can no longer have a 50% requirement that our revenues come from fares. No one else in the country has it. Um, operationally, the state of Illinois is way at the low end of what they provide for operations for mass transit. I give Governor Pritzker and the, and the legislature credit for the Rebuild Illinois program, but that is infrastructure. That is capital, a different budget. We can't move that money into operations. And I will even make a point, and as, as grateful as I am for that, um, we still have a state of good repair, which is capital, um, that rebuild Illinois on its own did not take care of. But uh, we have to figure out, that's what we're doing, figure out how we fill that $730 million hole and probably then some to be able to do the many of things, uh, including technology and safety and all the other things we're talking about um, in here. But for the next two years, um, we have to have an adult discussion, uh, and there's no better place to begin than one of the world's greatest universities, the University of Chicago. And then Jim Derwinski knows yesterday I sent to Jim um, we had from the University of Illinois at Chicago similar students to yours that sent Mr. Derwinski um, some real good ideas and suggestions with respect to Metra. So we need everybody from students to the AARP, um, all facets of life helping us get the transit system that keeps our economy moving and that we all expect and depend on. Thank you for that. We do have a couple other questions, but I, I'm Unfortunately, we're out of time. So he's going to hang around as he as he always does. And um, thank you again, Mr. Chairman Kirk Dillard. Really appreciate your presentation. Um, two more things: we've going to we've got a, a gift certificate to um, Alpana Singh's restaurant, new restaurant Alpana. She was here the other day, um, helping us moderate uh, the mayoral 
pitch party. Um, so we have a gift certificate to her restaurant, and I'm going to ask somebody up here to uh, pull out a card. She has good wine, too. <laughs> from Huntington, uh, Lawrence Richardson. Is Lawrence here from Huntington? All right. All right. All right. The best seats in the house. Um, Amanda, we'll, we'll get you that certificate. Um, we hope to have you all back. I look forward to reading this on the bus ride home. And, uh, and I think you have copies on the way out. Um, if, if you don't have one at your table, please grab it on the way, on the way out. Um, I think that is about it. I, oh, sorry. One more, one more item of business. One-year membership. You have a whole host of these, and, and we'd like to add that to your collection. Thank you. And welcoming, welcoming you back to uh, City Club anytime. Thank you. You're always welcome. Oh, and wow, okay, we have a missing Ventra card. Uh, it doesn't have a name on it, so I'm going to put it in my pocket and, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll, we'll have it right out at the front desk or find me, please. Um, City Club is adjourned. I hope you'll all come back soon and, uh, and join us. We have a number of interesting discussions uh, coming up. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for your support. Uh, enjoy the rest of this beautiful Chicago day.